Welcome to the July edition of the YVH Podcast. My name is Jeff Thurlow. And I'm Adam Sparlin. Adam, it's good to be back. It is. It is. Uh, I know for our uh, our listeners who, who don't actually work for CFI, uh, you, you may have missed us last month. Um, we didn't take the month off, but with, with all the concerns going on with, with coronavirus and and everything going on, we decided to do a, a podcast in-house, and we kept it just to just to the CFI employees. And so, if uh, if you missed us last month, we're sorry. Uh, we did. We just had a message we wanted to get to to just our employees, but now we're back, and uh, I think we've got a, a pretty exciting show ahead of us. Absolutely. And before we get started, you know, as we do in, with every meeting and every type of thing we do here at CFI, we started off with a with a good safety message. Adam, do you have anything for us this month? I do, and uh, honestly, um, if if you do hear me uh, choke up a little bit or anything, it's because this one's a little personal, and uh, I, I did want, but I wanted to touch on distracted driving. Um, about uh, last week, uh, my my niece passed away in a car a car crash. Uh, now we don't know exactly what happened, but uh, the driver of another vehicle um, veered into her lane at about 10 p.m. at night. And uh, being a 17-year-old, she didn't have that note wherewithal of what to do or how to react. And, um, you know, the, the general thought there is there, there's, there's probably some distracted driving that attributed to that. And, uh, you know, it's been very difficult for my family. Um, and it is for everybody, you know. So anytime you're on the road, remember that driving is the event. And that's right. what you need to be focused on. When we talk about that and, you know, it, it – kind of stinks to have to talk about that stuff but i think you know when we're trying to give a message out like distracted driving um it, it hits home and you and you think about that the next time you you get in your car or get in the truck like some, a lot of our professional drivers do every day and um it, it makes you think yeah yep no doubt well guys uh kind of uh kind of move on here um you know uh br- bring it uh bring our conversation kind of back up to the the happy-go-lucky that Jeff and I normally try to do. But uh, we do have a few news announcements, uh, things that are kind of kind of big going on right now. And uh, reality is we're still we're still fighting COVID. You know, uh, the coronavirus is still running around. Um, Jeff, you caught anything in the news lately that maybe we should talk about here? Yeah, according to one of the the big news news stations, ABC News, 28 states, Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico are all now requiring masks. Um, this does not include city or county level requirements. And I know just from a, you know, a personal perspective and, you know, the conversations that you and I, Adam, you and I have on a daily basis, it seems like, you know, different counties, different states, or just all across the board, companies, whatever it might be, um, there, it, it seems like this is just the direction that we're going in. You know, even here at CFI, um, we've taken that, taken that up to a certain level. So, yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know, at this point, if you're a professional driver and you're not carrying a mask in your truck, it, it's, it, it's honestly a little bit foolish. Um, you know, you you need to have them. Uh, make sure to keep it with you. You're going to have different areas that are going to require it. Uh, in fact, many retailers now are requiring it. So even if you want to stop and do your shopping. Uh, that list, as we know it right now, is Albertsons, CVS, Kohl's, Kroger, Publix, Target. 
Target, Walgreens, Walmart, and just recently added Winn-Dixie shop, uh, shopping centers, which nobody expected because they're deep south. But then the big one loves Travels Planet Centers. As of, I think, the 29th of this month will be masks required. Yeah. And I've, I, so, say, I think I've seen an article this morning that Lowe's and Home Depot are headed that way too. So, yep. Um, Yep. I mean, you just got to expect the way when this all started, it was centered in the cities where where the population centers are. At this point, the spread is in the heartland. It's in, it's in the the root of the country. It's in it's in our farm country. It's in the places where we as drivers where we operate. And so, you know, to see the retailers taking those precautions, they're protecting their people, but they're protecting you as well. So as uh, as frustrating as it can be, as as uh, as tough as it can sometimes be to remember that dumb mask, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's about protecting yourself and it's about protecting the other, your fellow Americans and protecting all of us together. And so uh, by all means, make sure you're carrying one with you. CFI drivers, Transport America drivers, uh, MCT, they are available at our terminals. And so that's one of the things that, you know, if you're a part of that TFI US truckload family, you'll be able to pick up a mask at a terminal so that we can make sure you're protect, you can protect yourself. Yeah, a little bit of, on the flip side of that, a little bit of good news that come out of all this. Um, what about, what what news have we heard about the Iron Skillet restaurants? Well, you know, uh, the these restaurants have decided they, they either have to get on board with the 21st century or die. So uh, Petro and uh, TAs, it's probably presented around Petro, but the Iron Skillet brand of restaurants now has online ordering. So, you know, if you are being conscious about, about what's going on around you and you're at that truck stop and you don't want to want to go hang out, you can still order a, a prepackaged meal, nice warm meal there at a, at a, at an iron skillet and walk in and just get it handed to you. Yeah, it'll be, I don't know exactly how they're going to have that set up, Adam, but uh, I would imagine if it's like a lot of others that you can, you know, you could possibly even order a, ahead of time and, um, you know, I set in like a Casey's around here and go pick it up after work. So uh, if that's the plan, that would be, that'd be pretty neat. Yeah. I think if I remember right, I, I, I glanced at the website. I didn't really play with it a lot, but, but when I took a look at it, it, it looked like you would be able to set a pickup time. And so that, that is, that'll be a nice thing. And I know that uh, at Petro's, you also have a lot of Popeye's uh, fried chicken at Petro's. Yep. They also have online and in certain markets, they even do delivery. So so you've definitely got some options there. Um, well, as with all of our news, news, anytime we do a news segment, uh, we do post links to anything that we talk about. Uh, those links to everything we talked about today, from the mask mandates to to the restaurants to the to the retail stores, there'll be links to that information on podcast.cfidrive.com after this. Uh, honestly, if you know web links, you know they're too long. We'd tell you what they were, but it's just too much. So you can find a list of them all at podcast.cfidrive.com. Now, uh, hey, as we move on, Jeff, who's our guest today? Mr. Greg Orr, president Mr. of CFI. Greg Orr. Yeah. CFI and U.S. Truckload TFI operations. And I think he's uh, going to help explain some of the fun stuff coming that uh, TFI dropped on us over this last few weeks. Absolutely. And our guest on the July edition of the YVH podcast is going to be Mr. Greg Orr. Greg, welcome back to the show. 
Hey, thanks for having almost, me, folks. Good to, good to see you guys again. Yeah, it almost seems like you're getting to be a regular guest, so that's kind of cool. So, that's all right. I'll take it. Get you get you a regular commentator's desk and everything. Just be right there. All I need is a coffee mug, then I'll be good. There we go. That's right. <laughs> well, we're, uh, you know, this month uh, we were kind of gearing up and starting to get ready to talk about some of the changes and hours of service and stuff coming later this year, but then TFI dropped this nice bombshell on us, and uh, it uh, looks like that TFI is growing in the United States in the middle of a pandemic. So sounded pretty exciting, and we, we just thought it'd be an excellent opportunity to uh, – to uh, you know, bring you on here, and I know you can speak for sure to the U.S. truckload side of what of what's going on uh, with I believe it's MCT, but but I also heard CT Transportation's joining the TFI family as well. Absolutely, yep. So first, thanks thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, so yeah, let's talk about um, TFI. So what I would tell you is uh, acquisitions really haven't slowed down dramatically uh, during probably March, April, early part of May, we did see kind of a lull. We just said, Hey, this is not really the right time. And I think everybody understands that. But as we've kind of progressed through Q2 and we see that, um, you know, all of our businesses actually have done better coming out of this than, than what we even expected. Um, I think it was a prime opportunity to take a look at some of those companies out there like MCT and CT, who was a Comcar division. Um, and ultimately, you know, they were going through chapter 11 and we, we decided that, Hey, um, you know, let's, let's at least take a view. So I was on the front end of the CT acquisition, which started probably about three or four weeks before we got an, introduced to MCT and it was flatbed um really probably not something that lined up as well with um you know what we typically do in our dry van space uh but there's another division up in canada that really uh said hey i want to take a look at this because it's got the exact same type of customer base that that i have in canada and it really made sense for them so i said hey have at it you guys can can take this one and and see if it goes anywhere well, then after we got through um, kind of the initial stages of that one, I got a, a phone call from one of my peers and said, hey, I don't know if you heard about this other little division called MCT, but they're about 225 trucks, 500 trailers, 60% reefer, 40% van. Would you guys have an interest in this? Because it really kind of seems like it would fit your network, you know, excluding the refrigerated side, right? I said, well, yeah. So on a Saturday, uh, I had a call with our, our general manager and VP who we just hired uh, to run this business up there. And we spent probably an hour and we perused through uh, a deck and we ended up having to put an offer in that Sunday evening, which, you know, literally was Father's Day weekend. So I literally was, uh, you know, perusing through a lot of information. And ultimately, come Monday morning, we went to what it, what was what I'm considering kind of an auction approach and uh, ultimately end up walking away with this nice little piece of business. So we're excited as heck to have these guys into the family. Um, you know, there's a lot of bugs to work out, especially knowing that it was, um, you know, kind of an auction process and bankruptcy uh, filings. So there's, you know, basically we kind of, what I'll call is we bought the assets and the, and the business. Um, and now we're in the process of transitioning all the team members and drivers and everybody over and, and uh, trying to basically prop up a, a whole business unit in 30 days or less, which is 
been challenging to say the least. Um, but you know, the good thing is, is I think we've got a really good group of people there. It's going to take us a couple months to kind of get our hands wrapped around it and figure out where we go from there. But, but, uh, you know, I think it's our, our, our toes in the water now from a refrigerated standpoint. And, um, you know, I'm excited to kind of see where this thing can take us because it's definitely uh, got some plus, plus and upside potential for us. Um, and I'll, I'll answer the question before anybody even asks, because I know where it's going. Um, I've already had a handful of professional drivers asking me, hey, are we going to be pulling reapers, right? Um, what I would tell you is this, right now I have zero intentions for us to cross, cross over and pull refrigerated trailers for MCT or vice versa, uh, at least for, a, I'll say short term, and let's call it six to 12 months, right? Because we just need to get our hands wrapped around the business and understand what do we, what do we even bought first and foremost, um, and understand if it's good quality business or if we need to do some upgrading, whatever it may be. But secondarily, um, you know, our tractors are not spec to be able to handle reefers. One, we don't have a sliding fifth wheel, and two, our wheelbase is about 12 inches less than what um, refrigerated, a refrigerated tractor should be. Um, so from a weight standpoint, we would really have a hard time managing uh, the refrigerated side of the business. So for now, uh, I would tell you we're going to continue to kind of run separately, and, and, you know, in time, we'll see where this thing goes for, for everybody. Well, Greg, just a, you've kind of alluded to it a little bit. Could you expand on any, you know, what do those two carriers bring to the table for TFI and, and the, the whole family there? Yeah, I think for, for CT, which is the one that was bought by my Canadian counterpart, Steve Brookshaw, um, it's a flatbed business, pure flatbed business. It does a lot of stuff out of the Southeast. And um, what I'm going to say is probably um, – you know, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher a little bit of this, but more like drywall um, and, and housing material type product. Um, they have a very similar customer base to a lot of what his customers are in Canada. And they've actually been really pushing us uh, from a Canadian perspective to get more involved in the U.S. So that's why I think it made a, a good marry uh, situation for those guys to be able to bring CT into their family uh, from a TFI perspective. For us with MCT, I think one is we've got a good overlap of business on the dry side and ultimately between TA and uh, Transport America and CFI, um, a lot of the exact same customers and both from a dry standpoint and for the most part, I'm going to call it protect from freeze. We What we handle today with MCT is not a lot of deep frozen product or hard refrigerated product that's more protect from freeze. So I think it's going to get us into um, a very nice space, and I think something that we can ultimately build out and become a little bit more of a player in that refrigerated uh, space as we go forward as, as, as you know, a U.S. truckload division. Um, I think from my perspective, I grew up in the refrigerated space. I know Mike Hens did. Uh, I know Eric Anson did up at TA as well. So a lot of us have that background and experience in it. And it's not something that necessarily scares me at all. It's more about you just got to make sure that you've got the right book of business. It's no different than what we do today, right? I mean, if you think about how we run our business, you know, if you look at 2015, 16, 17, you know, we were tied heavily with our parent company. We broke away from that. And now we've got probably the tightest network that we've had in years 
um, from a capacity standpoint and it builds density. Well, it's the same thing with refrigerated freight. So it's really just making sure that we've got a good book of, uh, of business. And the thing that's exciting to me is that we have a lot of our existing customers already proactively reaching out to us and saying, hey, when you get your hands wrapped around this, I want to know more about this because we have a need and, you know, it's kind of like we have a scratch or we have an itch. We need a, somebody to scratch it. Right. And this is this is really where I think that we can bring a whole nother layer of opportunity to our existing customers that we're not today. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say is, you know, it's, it's, it's always good to make sure that, you know, we're taking care of our existing customers because you never know what the future will bring. And when changes happen like this and you have a good relationship with that customer that needs and has more needs in other areas that we, you know, maybe have couldn't have serviced before. And now we have the potential of doing that. And they're like, yeah, this is a no brainer for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There, there's, there's a lot of upside potential here. I think we've, we've, um, you know, like I said, there's already, I think a good customer base there. And, and, and I think exponentially we have the opportunity to, uh, you know, potentially build this thing out to be a little bit bigger than what it is even. Yeah. Well, something you said there that they, they handle a lot of the temperature control um, that that caught my ear just because, you know, my my experience in driving, I I, I pulled reefer. It's what I did. And, uh, you know, my time as a company driver, it was just whatever they wanted me to haul. But during my training, I was with an independent contractor and obviously he would pick and choose. And, uh, you know, his, his choice is he did that. We we primarily stayed in that temperature controlled range because truthfully, it paid him better. And so it paid the company better. It paid him better. And so we pulled pharmaceuticals going west and we pulled uh, produce going east. Yep. And that that was pretty much our week. Every week we'd head out east with pharmaceuticals or head out west with pharmaceuticals and grab some lettuce or something and head back to the east coast with it. Yeah. So uh, I know there's a lot of business out there for that. And uh, there's definitely good money in it for sure. Yep, absolutely. Well, I, like I said, I think we've 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 dipped our toe we just need to kind of get our, our our hands wrapped around it and figure out what we can do to kind of streamline the processes and ultimately make it a uh, uh, a u.s truckload profitable type company that we're used to seeing and and i know that we can it's just uh it's going to take a little bit of time to get there but there's no doubt so mm -hmm. the good thing is is we're investing already in 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 their equipment too i mean we're we're going to swap out probably 60 to 70 of their refrigerated trailers right now and, and get their equipment kind of renewed and refreshed. So uh, it's needed and, and warranted. Those maintenance costs down. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I know for the, for those of us that weren't directly involved in any of that, just the, just the news of that happening, um, especially during the times that we're in right now, I know we were all excited to, to, to be working for a company that is able to, put themselves in a position to do this is there anything else that you know just to kind of wrap everything up with with the the announcement of that uh, that you'd like to get out there for us well you know i think um as i said i give it a little bit of a snippet and i think we're going to release earnings this week from a tfi perspective so i'm looking forward to kind of the end of the week to hear how the company's done you know i know that uh, we can definitely tell over the last probably three or four weeks that, you know, the time off requests have been a little bit heavier, especially for our professional drivers. And hey, I get it. You know what? Hey, you guys, have, guys and gals have all stayed out and ran your legs off for the last two or three months and, and are deserving, more than deserving of taking a little bit of time off here. So uh, just know that we've got a lot of freight uh, out there and, uh, and we continue to get more and more wins. I mean, 
good grief, uh, one of our largest customers just give us another, uh, I want to say it was like 2,500 uh, loads award uh, today that, um, you know, is, is unexpected. Uh, but, you know, I think that the key of this is, is again, it goes back to the service that um, the CFI professional drivers are providing to the customers and and people want more of it. I mean, that's that's becoming almost an expectation now and they know that that's what they're going to get. And, um, you know, we've we've been in the in the situation where, um, you know, we're very pleased to say that we're seeing more freight than we actually have capacity for, which is is a very, very good thing. So we'd love to Absolutely. see that. We're uh, we're definitely excited about uh, what what's coming. Uh, you know, the I think the the book of business that that we're going to be able to build with uh, with MCT added in to you know just with already what CFI and TCA are already doing. Uh, I think I think we're pretty excited about that, and you've made that pretty clear. Uh, just how excited you are. Yep. You know, to see that kind of coming. Um, there's there's nope, that yeah. that wise guy that once once uh, told I think everybody around CFI that this company does not uh, participate in a recession. I don't know who said that, but pretty smart guy. I'm not sure either. Uh, it's, it's, I've heard it a couple of times too, but I'm not <laughs> sure who, who that wise guy is, but needless to say, we didn't. And, and I don't plan to going forward either. So that's right. Yep. Well, uh, kind of transition here and uh, Greg, this, uh, this, uh, we just want to kind of talk, I guess a little high level here about onboard communications. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and just something, uh, obviously anybody who, who follows CFI and, or, or watches on our, you know, any of our dr- professional drivers, we all know there's been some frustration lately. And, uh, d- did you have anything you wanted to say about what's going on? I, I know we're not going to dive into a lot of details and we don't intend to, but, uh, did you have anything particularly you wanted to say about that? Well, I think a couple of things is first and foremost, um, you know, we've heard the message loud and clear, I think, from all of our professional drivers out there, or at least the ones that are, are having more challenges than not, I guess. Um, and, and I can tell you that it has been um, on my radar very clearly for about the last 90 to 120 days of where we've really been pushing our, our vendor to um, figure out how to bridge the gap and make things less uh, worse than what they are. Um, and ultimately I think we're slowly starting to make some traction. I would tell you that, um, I personally haven't been on calls yet, but I know a lot of, uh, the folks that have the knowledge and and willpower to help drive resolution has been. And, um, I think our, our vendor knows that there's some challenges out there. So we're, we're working through that. I would ask you to, um, you know, as much as I know this is sounding painful, uh, please give us a little bit of time and effort here because it is uh, a heavy lift for us and it's something that I think um, we're not the only one out there and and not just with this specific vendor, but I do know that there's others that are having similar situations. And I think a lot of this goes back to just a lot of the changes that have taken place with hours of service and the updates that we've with ELD. Um, I think a lot of systems were struggling with that whole swap over in general and uh, doesn't make it right. I'm not making any excuses for uh, for us and or our vendor, but at the end of the day, um, know that uh, we are on it, know that I am involved and know that we're having some pretty healthy discussions and ultimately 
um, we're going to get this fixed one way or the other. So it just hang in there, uh, keep asking the questions, keep bubbling the information up because that's the only way we're going to be able to get it fixed. And, and I think you've all done a great job of that. Just try to stay uh, as professional and calm as you can be. I know it's frustrating uh, because it's your livelihood, but, uh, but the other piece of that is, is, you know, it's important that uh, the more that we have the insight and information, the easier it is for us to hold people accountable to it. Well, yeah. on that subject, I would, uh, my counterpart here at uh, Adam and I know Sam Brown, give them guys a guys and gals a virtual slap on the back because they they are working tirelessly to to get these fixed and um, put band-aids on these situations to help our professional drivers out. So yep. kudos to them. Yep. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yep. Well, and uh, you know, that's Greg, I can tell you that's one thing I am on those calls with them. Uh, heck, last week, I think we were on the phone three, three, maybe four days. Uh, trying to get some, you know, get some progress made and and see what's going on. And, uh, you know, what we can say right now, uh, which, you know, is not really a clear answer, but there are some things you can do from the truck that will help out. And honestly, this goes for anybody, whether you're driving for CFI, uh, really anybody that's using uh, what what, uh, our vendor would call a PCTV1 tablet, uh, which is, which, the problem we're having is we have only so much memory to go around. And so there's only so much available to work with. If you think about it, about it like a funnel. So in essence, we're asking this thing to do a lot. It's got to handle your hours of service. It's handling your navigation. It's handling your workflow. It's handling your messaging and your email capabilities. And all of that's getting dumped into the top of the funnel. And what's happening is there's only enough memory to handle small amounts to go through the bottom of that funnel. So it's kind of overflowing and it's just forcing itself to restart or it's killing certain programs off. Uh, that's kind of what's happening. Ways you can help with that is to make sure you're restarting that tablet at least once a day, maybe twice. But if you restart that thing, it's going to help keep that clear, keep your message folders empty. Um, you know, you don't want to keep 150 messages in your inbox. You want to wipe that out. You want to keep that down, you know, say below 20 messages. You want to keep that under. And then there's a thing you can do called an OBC refresh, which just kind of cleans up the whole system, the, the whole visible system to you. We have instructions on how to do those last two things for our professional drivers on Workplace. And uh, I think maybe if we work with our marketing department, we might be able to get those cut out so we could put those on YouTube as well. So we've got that stuff out there. And, and those are some things that can definitely help as you're using this tablet and make it work a lot better for you. Well, Greg, we don't want to take up too much more of your time, but we did get a few questions sent in to us from our professional drivers here at CFI. And, uh, you know, we put a thing out and we said, hey, if you want to ask our president and and see, you know, kind of pick his brain on some certain topics, um, if you have some time, we'd like to go over those with you. Absolutely. We'd love to. So I know something that's near and dear to your heart on the on the first one uh, from Mr. Daniel Giardello. And I know, Greg, you're like I said, you're you're really close to your heart on this one on the truck washes. Uh, he'd like to see that upped a little bit from instead of being able to get a truck wash every four weeks, you know, being outside of Joplin or Laredo, if we could move that up a little bit to keep those trucks a little bit shinier, a little bit cleaner, a little less dirty. Well, you know, uh, that one is very near and dear to my heart because I tend to walk the yard here at least once a day, if not twice. And John Milner and I have become best buds on who needs to have the trucks washed versus not. Right. So, uh, needless to say, uh, Daniel, I hear you loud and clear. Um, I, I would tell you, 
let's let's see if we can get through the backside of COVID here and get on the downhill slide. Um, I would love to go to every two weeks. Heck, I'd love to go every one week. But realistically, when you think about um, the amount of dollars that we would spend with a 2000 truck fleet, uh, we would be on the poverty line probably all with hands out waiting for uh, ramen noodles, right? So um, we, we just have to kind of manage that one right now. What I would ask is let's continue to stay on the monthly. But I know that we get a lot of drivers through Laredo and Joplin, and actually I've asked Randy to give me some updates on specifically to Laredo. I know we had uh, our wash bay attendant was out sick for uh, about a week or so, so we were struggling to kind of keep up down there, but uh, it looks like that person's back in the saddle. And we do have availability to be able to wash pretty much 24-7 in that location, and, and I think we've got a pretty healthy coverage here at, at Joplin. So. Um, I would just highly encourage each one of you to, especially as you get through those two locations, take advantage of it, even if it doesn't need it, just run it through. Um, because folks, I'll tell you, the, the image that we portray out there to the motoring public and to um, you know our customers is very, very important. And I can tell you that you all know who those carriers may or may not be. Uh, that don't have necessarily as clean a perception out there. And the last thing that I want is the motoring public and or our customers um, not happy with what we do or how we do it or how we look. And and I take a heck of a lot of pride in the fact that we spend $60 million a year in new equipment. And, uh, you know, I want that to be as as nice and clean and sharp as, as it can be, because obviously that's your tractor, that's your home. And, uh, I hope that each one of you take as much pride in that piece of equipment as what we do. So, um, you know, ultimately, if we have the opportunity to tighten that window, we'll take a look at that. But I think, um, you know, at least for the next couple of months, let's kind of get on the backside of where COVID's going and then we can make some decisions there. I know, I know it warms your heart every time, you know, one of our professional drivers send in those pictures. And I know a, a Cameron Balch, she got a, a little bit of recognition. Um, yep. His truck had, a, I think, two, two or 300,000 miles on it uh, and got pulled into the shop and opened the hood. And the, the techs working out there couldn't, couldn't be more impressed by how clean the engine alone was on that. And it said it looked yep. like it was almost brand new. So, yeah. Yeah, Cameron. Cameron's a good one. He and I have had multiple discussions. And uh, for those of you who don't know, he came to us from a uh, from Celadon. And um, ultimately, I can tell you, you know, at least uh, the, the conversations that I've had with him is that he is couldn't be happier here at CFI. And uh, he plans on retiring here uh, based on that. So um, very proud of how he represents us, as well as a lot of our professional drivers. I mean, gosh. Um, you know, we wash just between Joplin and Laredo a day, we wash about 70 trucks. So, you know, if we could up that to 100, that would be fantastic. That's just that much more. So take advantage while you can, folks. Well, I think you kind of answered, Dan had a follow-up on there about uh, Laredo, and I think you kind of touched on that already, that one of the guys was out sick, and that may have been causing some constraints down there. Yep. So I, I think, uh, Dan, I think that kind of just so you, I know you'll be listening. Obviously, that kind of he touched on that. I just wanted you to know that we did have that question written down for you. Um, our next one comes from professional driver Colin Baldwin. And uh, this is one that we've heard a few times. And uh, so if, Colin's question is, have you all ever thought about turning the speed up on the trucks? 
Greg, do you have Randy in your office by chance? Yeah. <laughs> I know he loves loves this question. Yeah, he, I, I usually let him take this one on the YVH call, so he gets pretty uh, pretty passionate about it. Um, you know, folks, here, here's what I'd tell you is that right now I don't have any intentions of turning our trucks up. Uh, first and foremost, part of the challenge that we have is that the technology that we have in cab does not allow us to do that from a over-the-air standpoint. Um, so every truck that we would um, turn up would have to be a manual touch. And ultimately what I would tell you is, is there's um, uh, a challenge there that, you know, we may have an experienced driver that may be uh, qualified to drive at a higher speed. Uh, and we may have somebody else that may not be right. Um, and, and I don't want to get to the point to where we're spending hours upon hours trying to manually manage each one of these trucks. So saying that, um, that's part of the challenge that we have. The other piece of it is, folks, is at this point in time, um, as you all know, behind uh, our wages, fuel is our, our second largest expense. And, uh, you know, ultimately, um, based on how our trucks are spec'd, 65 mile an hour is the ultimate speed for us to get the best MPG across our fleet. Um, now, I know that I'm going to have some naysayers out there and everybody's talked to a mechanic at Kenworth and that they're going to tell you 15 different ways to Sunday of that, that that's inaccurate. But I can tell you, um, we spend a lot of time every year when we spec our equipment with Kenworth engineers and Cummins engineers to be able to work through what is that prime and optimal spot. And that's where it's at based on how we spec our trucks. So. Um, you know, as much as I want to be able to run you down the road 70 mile an hour, what I also will tell you is that we don't need our CSA scores any worse than what they are. Um, it's, it's more about uh, a safety perspective than it is an MPG perspective for me. And, um, and I can tell you, we had a rash uh, about a year ago where we had some folks that were running through certain states that um, either just wasn't paying attention or running with crews on and getting themselves into some hot water and ultimately it ends up um, becoming more of an issue not only for a fleet but also for the professional driver because then you get points and all kinds of things on your on your license that you just don't need so um, we're going to stick to 65 right now and, and if things uh, change we'll let you know but right now that's kind of where we're at well good deal uh, next up, professional driver Victor Rivera. Um, bear with me, but the question it has to do around with you know being local loads and you know possibly getting the you know the pay up on that a little bit. Um, you know, and we can all attest to it. You know, Adam and I have driven in the past, and you know you you get put on these local loads and it, it eats up your time and eats up your day and. Um, you just want to make sure that we're we're being taken care of on that end. So I I, I understand where that's coming from. Yeah, and I, and if I remember right, in looking at Mr. Rivera's um, question around this, I think he was getting ready to go for home time, if I remember, and kind of got hung up there for a day or so, because um, he was kind of in a region, and we didn't really want to get him too far outside of that region, if I if I remember right. So you know, first and foremost, what I would say is, listen, I hear you loud and clear, folks, on this one. Um, part of the challenge that we have is especially on those local runs, we don't typically make a lot of money on those runs anyways because they're shorter haul. And, and yeah, could we give an extra 50 bucks or an extra 100 bucks? Yeah, we could, but ultimately then we're giving money back to the customer. We're basically, we're paying them to haul the freight. 
So my, my goal and, and comment to this is really this. If you get in a situation like this, what I would ask you to do is to get with your fleet manager and raise your hand and say, hey, you know, I don't mind pulling one of these, but I don't want to be doing this for two or three days while I'm getting ready to head for home time, right? Um, there's some things that we can probably do. You know, at least I'm going to knock on wood right now is there's there's enough freight out there in our buckets today that we can probably play around with the system a little bit and get you not necessarily locked down into one or two of these short runs and then send you home because obviously you know you want to make as much money as you can um so my, my request would be is let's try to work with your fleet manager to see if we can do some manipulating um, i know that the driver planners are are able to kind of do some shifting around periodically so just ask that question uh, because the last thing I want is, you know, you know, you spend two or three days making, uh, you know, a hundred bucks for that time frame. That's not how we want to operate, and that's not how we 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 want to treat our professional drivers. So, you know, the hard part is, is we have that freight, we have to move it because it's part of the business that we've been awarded. But uh, it doesn't mean that we necessarily need a person tied up on this for a couple, two or three days either. So, well, and there's. Just for a couple points from the driver advocate perspective, it's those conversations that we have with those professional drivers is, you know, we're those driver planners are being graded on, you know, making sure those professional drivers get home on time and when they ask to be, you know, yep. brought home. Um, communicate that back to your your fleet managers and the and the fleet team and let them know, hey, I would like to be home on date X, but it's just to get home and take some time off. If, if there's something out there that I can run a little bit and then get back, I'm willing to do that. Or if, you know, if I have that doctor's appointment that I need to be home on that date, um, let them know that too, because that's, that's an important part of the decision-making process. And that helps us out quite a bit. Yep. I agree. And I think, you know, the last I talked to Dustin, we're still tracking at, you know, almost 96, 95, 96% of getting our professional drivers home on the time that they requested. So, you know, I think we've, We've done a pretty good job. Sometimes we probably take that to the extreme, and in, in you know, in some cases, we we may shift somebody into a situation like like this to where we ensure that they get home um, because we want to make sure that they get home when they want. So if there's a little bit of flexibility there, you know, a half a day or a day, um, you know, that may give you a little bit more leniency for us to be able to get you something a little bit more fruitful than than a couple short runs. Good call. Absolutely. Yep. No, I couldn't agree more there. Um, uh, and I will tell you on that number, by the way, I pull that number and that 95, 96, that's still accurate. Good. So that's why that is a metric I've, I've had visibility on for a couple of years. Good. Um, our next question is from, uh, David Roden. And, uh, I think you're going to enjoy this one, Greg. He, I, I, I know we're, so we're video chatting for those of just hearing on audio. And as soon as I said, David's name, he smiled cause he already, he's already seen the question. So, uh, Greg, how about getting manuals instead of those sucky autos? <laughs> well, you know, Mr. Roden is one of my favorites. He and I have, uh, shared a lot of messages back and forth over, uh, instant messaging on, on, uh, workplace and uh you know needless to say he's he's trying to finagle me out of his white truck into a red truck so he's he's got all kinds of wonderful requests for me but hey uh i can't blame him he, he's a good old boy from mississippi and uh you know hey you know he he, he likes the uh the manual shift and the, the feel of being a real trucker right so um you know i i would tell you um i hear you loud and clear but based on how our fleet is structured today um 
we're going to continue to keep buying the automated manuals and make sure that um, you know whatever we can do to help improve the experience for our professional drivers uh, the wear and tear on our professional drivers and 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 secondarily anything that we can do to help improve efficiency uh, across our fleet that's where we're going to go so you know we're going to continue to keep investing in technology you know i'll even share this a couple weeks ago randy and i met with uh three of the major Kenworth executives flew into um, Joplin and, and spent some time over at MHC. And, and one of the requests that I had of them is, hey, if you've got technology out there that you want to test or try or put in play, um, CFI should be your first call. Uh, we want to be a participant in that and we'll we'll be happy to share results and do some things to, to be able to provide you feedback. So, you know, I'm hoping that uh, um in, in the short period of time that you know when we continue to purchase uh, a lot of new equipment from uh, kenworth at this point in time that we can be the, the guinea pigs to try to test some of this stuff out so you know you never know maybe they'll come out with some type of uh, manual shift that will will make you feel like you're driving a uh, a manual but it's still truly an automatic you know it's kind of like those cars that that uh, what are they called uh, where they don't shift it's the uh, can't remember what the transmission's called. Oh, CVT. Uh, Greg, Greg, you, you may you may not want to bring CVTs up with Jeff on the line. I don't know how happy. Yeah, he Greg, I can tell you a story about that <laughs> offline. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. But, but anyway, it only cost me about forty five hundred dollars about a month ago. Uh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, well, we'll jump off of that one. But uh, thanks for the question, Mr. Roden. I think at this point we're going to continue on with what we have. But uh, hey, you know what? If you can get up to four million miles, we might build you a truck and get you what you want too. So you never know. There, there you go. go. No, and uh, just just on that, and not to touch on it too much longer. But the, you, Greg, you know the twelve speeds are coming in now as well. Yep. And, uh, you know, the drivers that I've talked to that have had them um, are much more impressed with the way the 12 speeds are shifting. They're shifting faster and smoother. Uh, reverse, they're all no, but I haven't heard any complaints on reverse, which is astounding. Yeah. Um, and being the guy who watched their MPG when we tested them last year, uh, we know that we're seeing about a half mile per gallon improvement on the 12 speeds versus the 10 speeds. Yep. Yeah, I think they actually. I say this cautiously because I know this is another hot topic, but I think that they actually pull the hills a little bit better because they're they're not hunting for you know a specific gear as much too. So um, I, I definitely feel that it was a good investment for us to get to those twelve speeds for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, the next guy is uh, is no stranger to anybody at CFI. I don't believe Mr. Mr. Stephen Radford. Um, he's got a couple of questions actually. Uh, he says one of the benefits of smart drive was to the payback or ROI, which they, they touted now that we've had them installed for a while, has, has this proven to be true? And could you, Greg, could you give an example of how that's worked out for us? Yep, absolutely. So Mr. Radford, always glad to answer a question from you. And I love walking out on the yard and seeing your trailer with your face sitting up on the side of it too. It's still sitting out there. <laughs> so um, saying that, uh, yes, absolutely. Have we seen an improvement? Um, and, and I've actually had Jeff kind of put some facts together here, so bear with me, but I'll kind of read through some of this. But I know specifically year over year, we have seen an improvement in our total accident expense, well over $2 million and actually to the tune of about three and a half million dollars improvement year over year. Uh, so that's a big, big win right there just in itself. 
Um, so when you think about that, we've gone from a 0.56 DOT frequency uh, to this year of a 0.45, which is a, a dramatic improvement. Um, through June of 2019, we had 73 DOTs. We are in mid-July of 2020 and we have 57, so almost 16 less uh, year over year. Uh, our unsafe score in August of 19 was getting close to going over the threshold of 60% due to speeding issues. It now sits at 44%, which is well under the threshold. Um, we've had at least 10 documented exonerations uh, that we know of for sure um, that would have probably likely been, you know, I'm, I'm going to say exonerations is a big word and typically that price tag comes with nothing less than a half million dollars. So when you think about that in itself, that would have been potentially, you know, I'm just ballpark anywhere from probably three to, to eight million dollars worth of additional expense right there. So, you know, those it, it's hard to put a hard target or a hard figure on those things, Steve, because it's it's purely skeptic skepticism and, and trying to figure out uh, how do you win and how do you lose in this thing. But what I do know for a fact is our 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 accident ratio has gone down. Our reportables have gone down. Our CSA scores have gone down. And we've also seen our financials knock on wood, which is a big, big knock, um, continue to see improvement year over year. So from that perspective, absolutely, it's it's a it's it's well worth the investment that we've made for sure. No doubt. Yeah. And I, and I know, you know, having conversations with drivers and sometimes the there those are some tough conversations to have when when you're talking about having an event recorder in your vehicle but um and i always coach them is look this is you know professional athletes have that game film that they can watch to make themselves better after each and every game and uh, i had one in my truck when i drove i requested it you know the last two years i was on the road i was a trainer and i wanted that for that opportunity but um any opportunity our you know our folks down there in that department can give back to our professional drivers i think you know you, you should be willing to take that and make yourself better and it, it's only going to be better for everybody you and the driver and the in the company so yep absolutely absolutely well the the last one and i know i've had a couple of these it seems like recently that came up from steve was uh he says is it possible to develop an online option for the company store that could have the so they can get in there and order some items and um, maybe have those shipped to their house i know you'd be more than geek to have that open back up and get everybody dressed up in the CFI shirts and wear that around proudly. So absolutely. Yeah. So here, here's what I tell you is actually Tom Anderson and I started working this about two months ago, uh, because honestly we've had the store shut down for gosh, probably four months now. It seems like maybe longer, uh, poor Nancy, she's been running around the building, delivering mail and doing all kinds of odds and end work. So, um, but what I will tell you is this, we don't have a hard date on when the store will be back open, uh, but what we are working on is Tom has a game plan in place to be able to do an online store. We're in the midst of um, getting the bugs worked out of it and hopefully in the next week or so, Nancy will start being able to take pictures of the product and being able to actually post those onto this website. So it'll be a link not only from our, if I remember this right, so um, Tom will probably slap me if I say this wrong, but I think that there will be a link actually out on our website that you can access and then also through the driver portal 
they should be able to access and it will have basically everything that's in the store uh, available showing the cost the sizes all that kind of stuff and then when they order then she'll just be able to box it up and actually send that directly to uh, the driver's home wherever they want wherever they want it sent at that point in time so it is coming to a theater near you soon um, I would tell you that I don't have a hard date yet, but I know I've been wearing Tom out to try to get this done because ultimately it's no different than, hey, I like, I like clean trucks. Well, I like professional drivers that are wearing CFI gear. So the more that we can advertise and look, um, look like we are uh, the best in the industry, like I know that we are, I want to be able to rep represent wherever we can. So that, that is coming soon, hopefully, Steve. So we'll keep you posted as we get more insight. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Yep, Greg, yeah, thanks for joining us again. Yep, absolutely, guys. Great to see you guys. Uh, thanks for everything you do and, and for all of our professional drivers and employees. Thank you for a great quarter. We'll have a QBR coming out here probably in the next 30 days or so, and we'll uh, let you know how results were. All right, Greg, thank you. Thank yep. you. Well, and that's going to about wrap it up for us for another Your Voices Heard podcast. Um, one little thing I just kind of wanted to mention for those those listeners who who uh, may not be too familiar with the CFI brand over the last while, that last segment you heard uh, where we're talking to drivers, we're getting drivers questions. That's what your voice is heard is all about. You know, we uh, th that that's a small portion of it, but it is a culture that we live at CFI and it will be something that we're going to drop in from time to time on the podcast where our drivers are going to ask questions and we're going to put them in front of our executive leadership so that they can give good solid answers so that somebody knows they're getting getting it straight from the horse's mouth but as we close out today um it's important to finish with safety message just like we always do and we've got a big deal coming up probably before we release another podcast the dot is going to conduct break safety week on august 23rd through 29th uh, what you can expect with that is a higher level of uh, level four inspections or higher volume of level four inspections. So you're gonna get your truck looked at way more than normal. And uh, you know, nobody likes it when you pull up to the DOT and they break out the ruler because they're gonna measure your uh, the stroke on your, uh, um, why I'm just blanking on the name of those things. Uh, brake chambers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> My goodness, couldn't remember. Well, it kind of reminds me Adam of our conversation the other day, you know, we, we started talking about what we were gonna the content of this show was going to be and we and we got to this point and i remember i was like i almost hate to admit it but i had to look some of this stuff up you know i've personally been out of the truck for going on five years now since i got off the road and come in office and uh on, just on a test level you know you think back to 2008 when i first started driving so it's been been a minute yeah well, you know, and uh, I, I can tell you a little embarrassed myself there to lose that word because I was a mechanic before I was a driver. <laughs> yeah. So forgetting what I was doing there is a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> so, Adam, what are what are some of the things that we need to be checking as as professional drivers out on the road when we're getting ready for these big events coming up like this? What do we need to look for? Well, I mean, there's always a few things. And, you know, when you're doing your pre-trip, obviously, you're going to be looking for specific things. So from a mechanical standpoint, some of the easy ones, you know, you, you want to check your brake, your brake shoes for cracks. Uh, same with your drums. You don't want to see any cracks on the shoes or the drums. Those are automatic. Uh, heck, those are an automatic DOT shutdown. That, that's not even a ticket. That is, you're sitting here at this station until a road service comes and fixes you. That's right. Um, other things, oil in the drum. Um, you know, that's going to be another shutdown offense. 
You know, if you see a little seepage around, you know, around your uh, wheel seal there, you know, they may let you out on that one. They may let you get just with a, with a fix it ticket, but if it's out and it's hitting that drum, you're shut down. So no oil in the drum. Uh, you always want to check your airlines, no abrasions, bruises, cuts. So you want to make sure and look at those airlines, make sure it's not rubbing against anything. If it is, right. or you can see it's starting to fall and that, you know, over time, obviously everything moves on a truck. And if those airlines are starting to get close to something else, maybe it's time to zip tie them up against something to keep them from bouncing around. Um, and uh, let's see. Now, if you do have any concerns with anything like that, uh, you know, for for uh, TFI US drivers, CFI, TCA, get with road service. Go ahead, get in contact with them, take care of it. Anybody listening from other carriers, if you work for, if you work for another carrier, get with your road road crew, road service, whoever it is. If you own the truck, get it fixed, guys. You know, you do not want to get caught on the road with stuff like that. Um, Jeff, uh, what would you think on air? What about the air system? Yeah, this is one of those things I had to go back and, and check on. You know, you, you you just want to make sure that everything's working accordingly, you know, according to plan. Pre, mid, and post-trip, you know, you're checking that air loss and making sure you're not losing that three PSI of air loss per minute. Um, remember the low air pressure alarm engages at 60 and the brakes will automatically engage between 20 and 40. And I can tell you from a personal standpoint, I remember very vividly the one time, you know, a piece of tin, you know, the, you know, the rough tin that sometimes you see on the old barn styles and things like that flew off the vehicle in front of me, didn't have time to uh, maneuver around it, ran over it. it come up hit my airlines under my trailer and i had honestly adam it was probably less than 30 seconds to kind of come up with a game plan i could see my airline you know my air pressure dropping i had to figure it out or i was going to be locked up on the interstate right in the middle of the lane so um you you start thinking between 60 and then 40 and 20 uh it's going to happen rather quick so Mm -hmm. you always want to have a game plan well and that mid-trip can be incredibly important and uh when i pulled dedicated uh, I got, you know, I had the luxury of every morning I could check my truck bobtail and, uh, took a look, everything was fine. And, uh, you know, the one thing you're not going to do when you're doing that test is you're not walking around with a wrench and making sure all your fittings are tight. You're just making sure you don't have any air leaks and, you know, you're looking for those hoses. Well, I was about 150 miles down the road, headed towards my shipper, pulled into the rest area, uh, there just outside of Ozark, Arkansas on I-40 and stopped in to go to the bathroom, got to come went, got back to my truck, started it up, hit my brakes to get ready to go back into gear and take off. And all of a sudden I just hear air losing air completely rapidly. So, all right, set my brakes again, go back out, take a look. My primary airline on my front left brake chamber had unscrewed itself and blown off. And so it was a factory mistake. It was a new truck at the time had less than 10,000 miles on it. And, uh, it, it had just been slowly backing off and not losing air until that time. And when you hit it, that application popped it right off. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a conversation that I have a lot of times with the new folks coming through orientation. Um, I especially hit on the, you know, the student side of it when, you know, you want to build those good habits and the more that you know what is going on with your truck, the less apt somebody else is going to be able to find something wrong with it. And if I think if we had a DOT officer on the show and they were completely transparent, um, if we take care of the things that are uh, easy to find and very visual to find, um, 
just that's the stuff that you want to look for you know make sure you're checking those lights and and listening for air leaks and different things like that and i think the more we can take care of that the better off everybody will be yeah i couldn't agree more and uh you know, the last little bit of this jeff i think uh the cover that that will cover before they're gonna before closing out today though is, is driving and uh one thing you can do while you're driving when you feel your brakes if you ever feel like on brake applications if you're pulling to one side or you hit your pedal and there's even a slight delay between those brakes applying from the time you hit get with a mechanic get with road service get with a tractor shop and get that thing looked at yep. it could be as simple as brakes out of adjustment it could be something more major, but you know, there is no reason a truck should pull left or right when you press the brake, press on the brake pedal. Yep. All good tips for professional drivers to take care of and, you know, carry this over into your personal life as well. I'm getting ready to go on a trip here in a couple of days and I've already pre-tripped my vehicle. I'm getting, I'm going to be hauling a trailer and I want to make sure, you know, all the lights and work are working the four ways, you know, turn signals. Um, it's not a bad idea when you get home and you haven't been in that vehicle for the last three, four, five weeks or whatever it is, you know, turn the lights on and, and check different things and make sure you're all your fluids are, you know, still up. Things can, things can happen over time, especially when something is sitting idle like that. So, um, we care about you guys. Take care of yourselves, and um, we, we want to see you come back to work for us. So, yep, no doubt. Well, everyone, if you have any questions about anything you've heard on the show today, we do provide links in pod, podcast.cfidrive.com. We also have some stuff on there about brake check week and some instructions on how to perform a brake test on an air brake system. So, thank you guys. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. And uh, have a good rest of July and early August. Yeah, see you next month.